Hello, and welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure. We're back again with another bonus episode this week, and tonight it is just myself, Paul, the Dungeon Master, and Sir Vance Off the Wall himself. Me. Jeffrey. (laughs) So, we're hoping that you enjoyed the special episode that we put out last week, the first of some more that will be coming out later of our origin stories episodes. That was very well said. I said that very well. You did good. I did great. So we released Sir Vance's origin story. It was a real labor of love, by which I mean there's a lot of labor. It took 50 billion hours. It, it took quite some time to get it all edited and put together. So we've, we've received a lot of positive feedback on Twitter. And I do just want to go ahead right up front and say thank you to everyone that reached out to us that gave us kind words about the show and about the episode. Uh, That really does go a long way. I mean, this is not a commercial podcast. We do this for fun because we love it. And we want the show to succeed and, you know, we want more people to listen. We're not really looking to get rich. You know, we don't have any sponsors. We don't have a Patreon. We're just doing the show because we love it right now. And the biggest thing that helps us out in that is to hear that you guys are enjoying the show. So thank you for that. I do have a few shout-outs I want to give. Last time we did a bonus episode, we gave some shout-outs to some people that had left us some iTunes reviews, so I want to go ahead and do that now. Uh, Maniac Monkey Max recently left us a review. Thank you for that, Maniac Monkey Max. I'm not sure if it's... Is it Max, you think? I don't know. Maximilian. Maybe maybe they're just a Maniac Monkey to the Max. Maybe all of the above. TN Birds. TN? That's one word. T-N, Birds. Capital T, capital N, Birds. Thank you for the five-star review. May, May, 1989. It's May, May. May, May. Smile, you're in camera. In camera. And probably our best review yet, uh, if I had to pick one, is by Just Poo. That's a great name. (laughs) Actually, the review is quite simple. I'm I'm not sure. I think it just says, yeah, the title of the review is Cheese. It's a five-star review, and the text just says, whoa, with an exclamation point. So, hey, every five-star review helps. So thanks for those. We really do appreciate those. And I also want to give a shout-out to some of you guys that have been interacting with us on Twitter. Uh, Just had some really good back and forth, and we really do appreciate Ryan the Fletcher, Rebecca Jones. Of course, Ryan Bolter has been helping us out from the beginning. Jonathan Carr. Uh, We had a tweet from Zach Underhill the other day. Some of you guys are just getting in touch with us, guys and gals. Rebecca Jones, as always, coming in strong. And, of course, Rebecca, your daughter, being our number one favorite fan. Sorry to everyone out there, but at the moment, that uh, title belongs to Rebecca's daughter. I've been interacting. Does that not count? It doesn't count when when you are in the show. Literally, it's your show. It's not mine. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to do just like we did last time. First, we're going to have, we've got a few questions for Jeffrey as a player. And he's going to answer these for you just like Jeremy did last time so that you guys can get to know him a little better. Let me warn you, Jeffrey is certifiably unhinged. So what is that supposed to mean? I don't know. It's, it's, it's okay. So let me just get right into it. Number one. 
first question, Jeffrey. Tell me, as he's brandishing a power drill at me for some reason, how did you get in? How did you get into Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> some lame guys dragged me into it. Yeah, that sounds they about right. Players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was us. Um, if you listen to the bonus episode where we interviewed Jeremy, we talked about that first session, and you played Shatteros, the Minotaur. You remember the that? The OG. OG Minotaur. I want to. I want to play a Minotaur every D and D game I play in, but I feel like no one would appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a place for Minotaurs just reined in, just a, maybe just a little bit. Mm, no. Shatteros was pretty ridiculous. Extremely. But okay. he was the best character ever, though. It was he. Is he your all-time favorite character? Uh, I can't say that. <laughs> I've played some characters for way too long. That'll kind of this kind of bleeds into the second question, which is what type of character do you typically identify with as a player? And I believe if we were to go through the list of your top characters, the ones that you've really played, there'd be some similarities. I don't, I don't know what you're saying here. Okay, so like for example, <laughs> Shatteros, he was a minotaur, big, strong, aggressive. What, Who what else? class was I? I don't know, probably a fighter or something like that. That was fourth edition. It was. Uh, yeah. I I typically like the fighters. Any kind of close combat, melee, bulky people. Mm-hmm. That's me usually. Deal out the damage and take the damage. Yes. Typically. I like to kill everything. <laughs> Jeffrey likes to be the one that's going to rush in, not really the step back and thinker type. Definitely not. No thinking, please. <laughs> no thinking, please. So that was Shatteros, and then Garth was a character that je- that you played in a long campaign we had. He was a dwarven fighter. It was a battle rager, basically. Yeah. He skinned he was... him, even though that wasn't a thing back then. It is in 5th edition. I know, I saw that. It's pretty cool. Mm, it is really cool. It wasn't back then, but we did it anyway. If we're, we're talking about, like, Servance, he is the get-in-your-face heavily armored, take a lot of damage type character. But I would say he's different from a lot of the characters that you have played. Why did you make Sir Vance the way he is? Because I don't know. (laughs) Just made it all up and it was pretty cool. So there you go. This is your first time playing a paladin. I hate humans, by the way, with a passion. I hate being a human. In real life? I am a human. (laughs) Yeah, both actually. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey's not saying if you're a human, he hates you. He just hates being a human. <laughs> <laughs> so this being your first time playing a paladin, how do you approach, well, for example, paladins a lot of times in Dungeons and Dragons are straight arrows, okay? And it's not just that they don't do wrong or do anything that might be seen as wrong, but they have zero tolerance for anything that, might even have the scent of evil. Okay, that's kind of the stereotypical uh, pattern for a paladin. So you look at our game, even someone like Jim, who you all have some suspicions there might be something weird or amiss going on with him. Typical, and we say typical, lawful good paladins oftentimes are played in the sense of the moment that that evil is sniffed out, he would go as far as to attack his friend just 
at the thought that there could be something that could be evilly influencing him. And while there's been a, a little bit of that with Cervantes, how do you approach his character in light of, of that? Do you think that Cervantes is that type of paladin, or do you think he's really not? Uh, I think he is and isn't. Right. It kind of just depends on how close he is to the character, the other mm-hmm. character, I guess. And I feel like he he would probably kill Jim in the, without hesitation. If it came right down to it. Oh, yeah. So you think that even though they've been traveling together all this time, and let's say they travel together a, lo- a much longer time and even become better friends, if it comes down to it and he finds out, oh, wait, Jim's patron is evil and it's taking him over, he would just strike he already feels that way anyway, so he does. That's true. Okay. Out of out of yeah, as a player, I don't want to kill Alan's character, but as Sir Vance, he would definitely kill him mm-hmm. without hesitation. So, how do you reconcile Vance's flaws with the fact that he's supposed to be this holy paladin? His flaws? Yes, specifically his being drawn to the vases. Yeah, I feel like. It's if you've listened to the backstory episode, which you made it and me, we made it. So you have listened to it. <laughs> I have listened to Unfortunately, it. Unfortunately, I've listened to it. <laughs> I hate hearing myself talk. Jeffrey despises the sound of his own voice. It took an act of Congress to get him to listen to that episode when it was finished. And I'm like, you know, you're a podcaster, right? I'm not, though. You are, though. Okay, I am. Yeah, so those are sort of things that got started due to the backstory. Right. And I feel like his character growth, growing as a religious figure, mm-hmm. is kind of growing out of those things and moving more towards the uh, growing in a relationship with Paylor, sort of, and yeah. and trying to get away from those things and get back to his former self, sort of. But yeah, that's sort of why those things are. We had an email from a listener named Jared, and he presented this question. How did Cervantes go from being a soldier to a religious warrior? So that was essentially answered in our bonus episode that we put out last week, the origin story episode for Cervantes. And when I received this email, I messaged him back, and I was just thinking, well, that question is going to kind of get answered. But the interesting part of it, the question for me is, we know the events that brought Cervantes to where he is. We know how that he went through tragedy. And let me just go ahead and warn you at this point, we are going to be getting into some spoiler territory from last week's origin story episode. So if for some reason you haven't listened to that yet, you should check that out before you listen to this one. But because of the events of his past and because of what he had to do as a soldier, he walked away from that. So let me ask you this question. In terms of Cervantes' timeline, okay, which hasn't been firmly established, how long would you say he has been serving as a paladin? Because you made the statement that you feel like he's kind of growing out of the weakness devices and getting closer to Pelor, but obviously at the beginning of our story with Cervantes, he's kind of still hooked into those things. Yeah. So has he been doing this for, has it not been very long since that happened? Has it been pretty recent? I think that Cervantes has been a paladin for maybe a year and a half, two. So he's pretty new to it all. Yeah, pretty new, yeah. 
I mean, he, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he hasn't already gotten a feel for it all, but it's not like he's a well-seasoned paladin. He's kind of only been doing this for just a few years now, and he's still still growing and dealing. I mean, he's a, it, he's a well-seasoned not. He's a amazing soldier for sure, but he is a pretty new paladin. Absolutely, year and a half, two years maybe. And it's got to be a pretty difficult transition, you know, to go from being just a soldier. I mean, a soldier's responsibility is to follow orders. Mm-hmm. And when Vance was just a soldier in Barlin's army, I mean, that's what he'd always wanted to be. And then he goes and he's just following orders, and then he finds out that sometimes the cost of following orders is a price too high to pay. Yeah. And now as a paladin, he's kind of taking orders from a different direction. Right. Sort of, if that makes sense. It's similar... But it's also different because it's not the same as having a captain just breathing down your neck telling you what to do all the time as it is just following the will of Paylor, who isn't sending, like, letters, you know, to the temple and saying, hey, have have these guys do this and that and that. You all are fulfilling his will as best as you can, but it's different. It, it's, it's a challenge. I think it's been a challenge through our recordings and through their game for Cervantes to know what Paylor wants him to do in the moment a lot of times. Definitely. Especially since my religion is terrible. It's a plus one. Every time I roll a religion check, I'm like, wow, my religion is terrible. We really need to, like, get you trained in religion. I'm a paladin, and I have, like, a plus one, maybe. Yeah. But that fits. That fits with this concept that he's very new to it all, and he's still kind of coming to terms with all of that. Yep. So let me ask you this, referencing specifically that episode. When Sir James, Vance's surrogate father, confronts him about him going to join the army. Now, Vance, you can stop me if I'm wrong, but the way I see it is that Vance wanted to go and join the army to kind of prove that he was worth the off-the-wall name and kind of live up to the image that he had of his father. Yes and no. Okay. Yes, in that he did want to uh, live up to that image that he imagined his father as. Mm-hmm. Very honored man, I guess you could say. A great soldier. Um, right. But also he wanted it to be for himself. He wanted the honor for himself, not necessarily for his father or their name. Okay. It was his, his name. I understand. So it was somewhat of a prod thing. Yeah. Okay, so why do you think he rebelled so adamantly against Sir James? Because obviously (laughs) Sir James would have been teaching him that to try to get honor, and then he tries to tell him, no, you can't join the military, which is how he was wanting to get the honor. So, of course. So you feel like Vance was pretty headstrong as a kid? Yeah, definitely. Do you think that Sir Vance now, so flash forward to a couple years as a paladin serving in the Temple of Pelor, he meets Lorik, he goes on the mission, he's hooked in now with Kellen, with uh, Jim, you guys are working toward it, and there's been no presence of his guilt, you could say. Really, when you guys were still in Branshire at the Barley Barrel, and then when you were in the Rocky Stop, you know, Vance was throwing back some drinks for sure. <laughs> Yeah. But we, there have been, 
there were lots of drinks on the cart when, before you guys lost it sailing through the desert. But, you know, Vance hasn't been going around saying, I've got to get me some, some liquor. That's not yeah. been a thing in our game for a few reasons. But for one, you say Vance just is trying to grow beyond that. Do you feel like he is still living in guilt every moment for what he did? I wouldn't say every moment anymore, but it definitely comes into his mind very often, but not mm. like every moment of every day for sure. He's it, he's kind of growing. Like he's been two years a paladin, so mm-hmm. he's had a little time to grow out of it. But does he feel like he did the wrong thing? And if he could, he'd go back and change it. Definitely. So when you guys were fighting those orcs there with the half-orc barbarian guys. How would Vance have reacted if you all had approached them to find that there were, you know, orc warriors, obviously, that had kidnapped these people? But what if there had been a bunch of women and children, or what if they had been very young orcs? How would Vance have reacted to that? That would have been a tough one. Hmm. I don't know if Sir Vance would have made it through that fight, which he almost didn't make it through it anyway. But. <laughs> right. Right. I don't know how willing he would have been to. He definitely probably wouldn't have killed any any more orc children. But right. So when Vance looks at the other members of the party, okay. When he looks at Kellen and Lorik and Jim, obviously he has concerns about Jim's patron, right? Yeah, for sure. What does he think about Lorik? Mm-hmm. He, as a paladin, his duty right now, mm-hmm. or his the will of Paylor, which he is kind of doubting in this instance, is to protect Lorik. He's supposed to be, according to Glaren, he's supposed to be the sword that, what is it, the sword that leads him? The hand that wields the sword. Yeah, that's right, the hand that wields the sword. It's kind of his duty, and... He's grown closer to Lorik and started to trust him a little more. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he really wanted it to be him that the uh, vision was about. Right. And for the honor, of course. That's, well, for sure. He's all about the honor. Oh, yes. But also, he kind of resents that Lorik is the one, you know. So Vance has a duty to Lorik to protect him, but... Do you think if Vance saw an opportunity to essentially finish the job himself, would he? Finish the job of saving the tree? Yes. Definitely. I feel like he would, if if it was in question of, oh, it looks like Lorik's not going to be able to do this when we're at the end or something, mm-hmm. that Sir Vance would try to do it himself for sure. Hmm. I'm curious how, when everything is done, because, I mean, we're playing this game one episode at a time. Don't get me wrong. You know, I have world built and we have narrative and things like that that we're working toward. But the players are free to make the choices they want to make, go in the directions they want to go. I'm curious, assuming that you are all able to find the tree and get there. I'm curious how Sir Vance is going to fare in all of this. The one thing that I am a little bit, like when it comes to paladins, I'm a little wary of is like we were talking before, they're so righteous, I guess, and so straightforward. The thing that I personally like so much about Sir Vance is that he is 
kind of this broken spirited person who has always been so driven and so self-sufficient. And then because of his own actions, he basically broke himself. Yeah. And now he's turned to Paylor to kind of give himself this purpose again. But well, in all the best stories, let's just say temptation, it always presents itself at the worst possible time. Doesn't it? Always. I think that's about enough. I hope that this has been some insight for you into the brain of Jeffrey Bird. Who's that guy? Into the mind of Sir Vance Off to Wall. Oh. In the meantime, hopefully you didn't listen to this before Vance's episode, but if you did, you should go back and listen to that now because I think you will enjoy it. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so. There'll be a couple of ways in the show notes mentioned. First, obviously, we are on Twitter at MBH Podcast. You can email us at makebelieveheroespodcast at gmail.com. Both of those will be in the show notes. The music that you've heard in this episode came from battlebards.com. So a big shout out to them. They got a lot of great stuff. You should go check them out. And once again, big shout out to those that left us five star reviews and have been in touch with us online. We'd love to hear from you all, and we hope that you have enjoyed this little look behind the scenes so for now i guess that does it for us thank you for listening bye